Kia fit like and welcome into the 4th and Forever podcast. Stuart Bothwell here joined once again by Mr. Eric Sanson. Welcome back, Eric. Good afternoon, pleasure to be here once again. Happy, happy to have you in, man. Uh, did you enjoy your entrance music I put over the podcast last year? Last week even, sorry. Last year? God, it was that long ago. Yeah, it does uh, feel like it's not... <laughs> Yes, no, I, I appreciate, I understand I'm one of the first people to get entrance music. Um, certainly, like full blown entrance music. Um, I, I did. I did say that, like you know, Darren actually does have the dude love theme in the background. It's just really, really quiet. Oh, you need to pick um, up on that. Yeah, no, and of, of course, mine is uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin's uh, Glass Shatters one. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it because I'm probably going to put it over this one as well. So I'm just like it's probably playing right now, but okay. I just don't know. Okay. <laughs> so how are you feeling about this remote podding business? You know, we've. Uh, talked about the, the technicalities of this and uh, you have some potentially revolutionary ideas on how you want to upgrade us but uh, feeling alright with how this is looking at the moment? Well you know me, I work for an IT company so I'm always willing to sell you an IT solution. Um, yeah I was just about to say are Spark going to charge me like 200k to set up this uh, Discord or whatever that is you know? No 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 I'll work out a, a special <laughs> deal just for you, uh, you know, oh, thanks, and family, man. friends and family discounts. Oh, you're far too kind, man. Far too yeah. kind. I, I Don't worry. Big, I have uh, friends in high places. What can I say? <laughs> awesome, man. So yeah, with uh, with last week's podcast, we went pretty long. It's fair to say. I think I had something like eight pages of notes, and I decided I was just going to let you kind of run with it on your first podcast outing. And you were wonderful, by the way. Um, uh, as there was just so much to talk about last week. Now, this week, I was thinking we could kind of try. And use that word very oh, sparingly to really. Promises. Uh, no, no, no. We can try though uh, to really kind of tighten things up a bit when talking about what's already happened, and maybe, just maybe, if our timing is working out okay, we might see if we can swivel into looking forward to the week four matchups, which I've not done any prep for. I don't think you have either, but we could just kind of look at it. So you know, maybe time permitting, we could come up with uh, something off the top of our domes. Yep, I like the sound of that. I can try and keep it consent so that we can make that happen. Cool, cool. All right, well, uh, I guess before we get started, here's just a really quick recap of some of this week's headlines. Uh, so the Cleveland Browns edge rusher Miles Garrett was involved in a one-vehicle crash on Monday. Uh, the All-Pro sustained uh, shoulder and bicep strains, along with multiple lacerations. Yikes. Uh, so this is still a developing story at the moment, but his week four status is certainly up in the air. Uh, so that's obviously a worrying one for, for the Browns. I bet you kind of wished that uh, he was not around through the course of last week. Might have stood a better chance. But um, now who am I kidding? They always had your number, especially on offense. Um, Giants wide receiver Sterling Shepard suffered one of the weirdest severe injuries that you will see on Monday Night Football as he ran a route slowed down to a jog, and then just really quickly picked up his knee in a moment of severe pain as he somehow just suffered a torn ACL. So another setback in a career that just can't get going. But at least for the Giants, they've got Kayvon Thibodeau coming back to make his debut in Week 4. Tom Brady destroyed two Surface Pro tablets over the weekend, prompting the NFL to remind players that fines and suspensions are possible and even likely for such behaviour in the future. So the expensive toys were thrown out of the pram during the GOAT game, uh, which I can only ass like, assume stands for grumpiest of all time. 
And a shout out to the usual co-host on the 4th and 4th podcast, Darren Butter, who will be making his way down to London this weekend to watch his boy, Kirk Cousins, take on the New Orleans Saints at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Enjoy the game, mate, and um, I'm looking at maybe allowing you back in, but um, we might still have to keep Eric in the loop on this one, because he's doing real good. Um, so yeah, enjoy. So Eric, last week uh, was a week... Can, oh, we sorry, right Can we just have a quick stat? Can we just have a quick stat? Because that's obviously two. You mentioned Tom Brady uh, destroying two surface surface hubs. No, surface surface, surface pro. Surface hubs are way bigger. Yeah, they're way bigger. <laughs> yeah, I should I should know. I should know. Um, we also had. I'm not sure if it was actually a Surface Pro, but there was actually another tablet that also met a similar end. It looked like uh, in the Bills' um, offensive coordinator endorsing, um, <laughs> uh, you know, putting a putting in a uh, quick oh, work. Oh man. Of, of a of some sort of tablet device, probably a Surface Pro as well. Um, so I think that's the if it is in fact a Surface Pro, the, the kill count for Surface Pros from week uh, from week three is is three. Uh, oh man, at, at least NFL. at least uh, I'm I'm pretty sure that you know it could well have happened in other places as well. But uh, yeah, Ken Dorsey really went off on one as the as the Bills kind of floundered in the final moments of the game against the Dolphins, and um, yeah, really took out on everything that he possibly could up in the booth on camera before uh, one of the biggest audiences of the week before someone basically came in and said oh, oh god we should cover that well oh, because they realized it was like being shown that like you're not covering yourself in glory here um but i i, th- I think that showed a lot of passion and he was just it real did. frustrated because they could have had something there it was so close but yeah it show- shows a shows a bit of uh, a passion there i haven't really heard too much more from ken dorsey since then though but Probably should look into that. There, there was an interview, uh, but we, we, yeah, we can go into it later. I, I just appreciate it. it's one of my favorite highlights of the week. Um, just the gift yeah, is going to be uh, readily <laughs> reusable uh, whenever it comes to any decisions I make uh, in terms of fantasy league or anything like that. But we won't discuss yeah, it further. Absolutely, I will. Uh, I'll definitely be looking for that one popping up on on like the Facebook Messenger uh, on a frequent basis going forward. And search for Ken Dorsey. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, last week was a week full of absolutely crazy games, and this one felt like you know kind of maybe a bunch of upsets here, a sprinkle of the odd surprises, a few little get right games here, but of course it was all still riveting action. Um, so let's just jump right in with obviously the first game of the week, which was the Steelers uh, seventeen at the Browns, who came away with the win with twenty nine. So. After a close first half, the Browns did eventually ease past your Steelers. Um, just in, in, in terms of what actually happened, though, the way that the game was flowing, Jacoby Brissett probably had the best game of his career and was really just chucking dimes to Amari Cooper and David Njoku in particular. And, um, you know, like just sometimes when you get a quarterback that's in sync so much with his receivers, it's just really hard to hard to stop, Eric. Yeah, agreed, hundred uh, percent. Um, so I think the so I, I watched the game and it was rather depressing to watch as a Steelers for, fan for because you, yeah. the the first half you really saw a potential there, um, apart from a couple of kind of stuttering drives because um, it really started got, quite close, didn't it? Well, yeah. Um, the the first I think the the um, the Browns received the ball. Um, they had the first drive, didn't really go anywhere. Steelers got the ball, 
they had a drive didn't really go well that well um you know turned over on downs back to the browns and then the steelers when they got the ball back actually had a really good drive um uh pretty sure that was the drive where um they got a, a touchdown um and then um, they actually managed to get some running plays going. The, the running the running was actually looking like uh, it actually needs to. The offensive line, which was actually mm. one of the biggest concerns going into the season, actually looked passable. Um, definitely not as good as the Browns line. Uh, pa- passable is, uh, is is what you're aiming for this year, I think, oh, with that line. So if you get that, you take it. Huge yeah. improvement. It was massive, massive. Um, so they're not actually the issue, uh, is what I'm seeing. The issue mm. is, is the play calling, and the issue is the third down conversion rate. Because once again, it was pretty much actually a very similar game to um, the the last week game for the, the Steelers um, versus the Patriots, where um, they just kind of collapsed in the second half, and I think a massive part of that is the offense or the defense, the defense not being able to get off the field, and the offense not being able to convert on third downs. There is some stat somewhere where I think the Steelers now like one and not um, they have a ridiculously crap uh, third down conversion rate. Uh, it's mm. I think the second worst in the league. Um, the Steelers finished one of nine. Uh, on third downs um, in, in in the Browns game. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a problem. Like you, you have to convert 100%. on third down. Like if, if you're not converting on third down, uh, you have to have the other team also playing like crap. Uh, and we'll come to the the Broncos and 49ers later on. Yeah, it's foreshadowing there. Yeah, so, yeah absolutely. Anyway, anyway, I guess in, in summary, yeah, it was it was pretty depressing to watch the second half, especially after the first half. Actually, looked kind of promising. Um, uh, I, I think that they've got all the pieces. It's just putting them together um, for the Steelers, and I think there's going to have to be some some name changes um, to, for that to happen. So, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, I think just just in summary of that game, um, we did do some picks. I think after uh, we recorded last week's podcast, and we actually both picked the Browns, which I'm a, I'm a little bit. Uh, 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 embarrassed to say I picked the Browns to beat my team, but I, I, I was being realistic. I, I just didn't see the Steelers winning that game. Well, I'm glad to see that you're taking the picks seriously, uh, and I'm weren't going to be be homer about this. So, yeah, but I, get, I think it, it was it was fair that we we start things off on a, on a little tie there. But um, yeah, uh, one one thing that we still didn't mention so far. Um, I know we're trying to do this quicker, but this was worthy of talking about. George Pickens' catch, man, that's like. People were looking at it and saying, "Yep, that's Odell Beckham levels of of, of crazy catchness right there." And there, there yeah, was the one, unreal one highlight for the Steelers. Um, I guess the really blockbuster highlight for the Steelers was was that George Pickens game, and that, I guess that just reinforces like you know what what kind of talent he is. There's um, something. There's a lot in there. Like, yeah, yeah definitely. George, George Pickens went way too low on the draft. Obviously, there was his. He tore his ACL the the, the, the year prior, and he only played in like the last, I think, like two or three games of, of the of his college his uh, final college football season. But and you know he was intended to you know designated to be a first round draft pick before that. Uh, but I think that just really shows that he's recovered. Uh, he is that first round talent. Um, you know, compared to like your kind of Drake Londons, your um, mm, Gary yeah. Wilsons, that sort of thing. Um, he's definitely, a, definitely a baller, and oh yeah, he's. Um, I'm, I'm in fat way by him. Uh, I think uh, he, he's that next little talent. Um, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I think he can get there. Um, Excellent uh, catch. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, so 
Now, Mitch Trubisky actually had an all right game, but just before we move on, is he going to be starting for how long? Or are you going to be moving into uh, Kenny Pickett soon? I think um, I think uh, Tomlin he's a bit of a he's a bit of a traditionalist, right? I think um, he's going to want to hang on. I think he's a bit stubborn. Um, <laughs> the st- yeah, quote unquote, the standard <laughs> is the standard. I think we're going to see Trubisky for a couple more weeks. And well, again, it's not. I don't think it's really a, a, the problem. I don't think it's really Trubisky's fault. I think it's more the play calling. Uh, but the problem is Trubisky doesn't elevate the team, so he, mm-hmm. he can't. He doesn't account. Like you can't. Trubisky can't fix bad play calling. Uh, whereas yeah. like if you had a like a, I don't know like a Patrick Mahomes, right? He could um, he could account for bad play calling, right? He could make it work. Whereas Trubisky, um, I think like he needs a good scheme, otherwise he's not going to succeed. Um, and I don't think he's going to succeed in, in the scheme. Um, so, uh, but when, will Kenny Pickett come on? Uh, I don't think at least until the buy. I think the buy would be yeah. uh, the earliest you see. It's a really tough, um, a tough series of games ahead for the Steelers. Yeah, so, you, you get the Jets next week, but then after that, it's like the Bills and the Bucks. So tough. And then the um, they've got the Buccaneers as well, and then they've got the what did you say? The Eagles. Uh, well. No, no. It's the, the, then there's the Dolphins after that. So, yeah, um, yeah it's uh, it's not not easy for them. Anyway, uh, we we best move on and yep. uh, let's move on to the New Orleans Saints dropping to the Panthers, fourteen to twenty-two. Now it seems to be a bit of a stay of execution for Matt Rule as his Panthers somehow overcame a spluttering Saints side. Um, yeah, just I think it's still. They, were, they didn't cover themselves in glory through the course of this. Like Baker Mayfield didn't have a fantastic game or anything like that. I think his longest actual effective pass that he completed was uh, the one in the flat to LaVisca Chenault, which he then took 67 yards for a touchdown, which really put them over the top in, in this uh, first win of the Baker Mayfield era, if you want to call that. Huge but, pass. Um, it was massive. Yeah, <laughs> it was... Uh, it was it was important for them there, but um, the real star of the show for for Carolina by a long way was J.C. Horn, um, which is really really showing that he can be quite a special talent at cornerback. Um, so, like they've they've got something there on that side, uh, on offense. You know, like Chenault will grade very well based on his his work, but it was very limited. He wasn't out there for very long, but he's barely been in the building, um, you know, for all that long either. Um, but for the Saints, you know, Chris Olave stepped in, uh, like stepped up in a place of a bunch of players who were injured, including Michael Thomas and Traquan Smith even got in in the action, but then he got injured as well. And of course, you're, you've got a quarterback who's got four broken vertebrae or something like that at the moment, which just does not seem like a recipe for winning. No, it doesn't. Yeah, especially like, well, like, like you've got... A, a viable quarterback in Andy Dalton sitting on your bench right now. Like, I think Jameis Winston doesn't want to admit that he is really hurting right now because, like, that has to affect you. You can't, you can't, you just can't do that. It's not, not something that you should ever really be willing to function with. You're not driving the ball with your spine, but there's definitely rotation in there. Um, mm-hmm. as you move through the, the throwing motion, and um, yeah, that's going to. You know, aggravate the injury. You're not going to be as as th- fluid through the mo- the motion. Uh, yeah, it's they need to they need to sit him and uh, rest him. I, I yeah, I think it's just going to cause more long term uh, uh, issues. Um, yeah, 
I think I think this, the Saints' defense in general is is pretty good. They've been performing well throughout the course of the season. Uh, they just had a couple of blown coverages in this one, which just kind of let the Panthers take this one from them. But you know, do, do we see this as a Saints side that is going to begin to spiral out of control if they can't get that quarterback situation sorted? I think the Saints are in kind of a similar situation to the Steelers. Um, if I can make that kind of analogy, mm-hmm. um, their defense is really good, um, but their and, and their offense they seem to have all the pieces. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just don't think it's um, it's it's fully there. That's fully functional. They've got some really good wide receiver talent, but you're not mm-hmm. sure about the quarterback. Um, and it's not necessarily on um, Jameson Winston. I think it's just more a situational thing with his his um, his uh, health and that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. think they're. Uh, yeah, I think they're. I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't. I don't really want to be a. I mean, <laughs> you don't want to do them. Fan, as a Steelers fan, I don't really want to um, like disparage, but I wouldn't really want to be a Saints fan either right now. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a tough place to be. Uh, you don't really know quite where things are going, but uh, yeah, you have to be a bit concerned about the way that that's being handled at the moment. So yeah, I keep keep an eye on that situation anyway. Um, and also keep an eye on Chris Olave because his 150 yards and nine catches shows that he can be a, a real weapon in this. And like, he was uh, absolutely torching Carolina. Um, moving on, and the Houston Texans. Oh wait, sorry, you want to tell me how did we do in that? Um, oh, yeah. in, our, in our in our wins, in our predictions. Uh, pretty poorly there. Um, we yeah, I'd imagine so. Yeah. The, the L. Uh, we both uh, predicted oh. the Saints would uh, somehow beat the uh the um the panthers so yeah 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 well i mean there. like we i i think that most of the listeners would have joined us in that prior to that game but like you know this is the part of the season where we begin to get a better idea about you know what sort of gumption each team has and their capabilities their limitations and you know that you know it shows that other teams are just susceptible and like you know able to trip up like it's, it's quite actually quite unusual that so early in the season, we have so few teams um, who are undefeated. It's it's usually still up around about like the like the, the six or seven mark or something like that, which is really exciting for the NFL to have such a closeness and parity and have um, have anyone be competitive. I like seeing that. Um, speaking of teams that are competitive, uh, here's two teams that aren't: uh, the Houston Texans, uh, twenty. <laughs> <laughs> to like lose out to the Bears, tw- who scored twenty three, on a last second field goal. Um, now, are the Bears the worst two and one team in living memory? I think they just might be. Uh, it was the last second field goal that was just enough to nick it. Of course, it wasn't all bad, as the ground game was working well for them, as it has done all year. You know, impressed enough with likes of Khalil Herbert stepping in for David Montgomery, who seized his opportunity and. Got 157 yards and 20 carries and two scores. Looks great. But once again, 17 pass attempts from Justin Fields. Just eight completions. It's not a modern offense, but they've lucked into uh, a very unlikely win against San Francisco in a monsoon. And then this one against uh, an ailing Texans side who just really can't pull anything out the bag themselves either. Yeah, it's um I don't know. It's, Justin Fields seems so wildly inconsistent. Occasionally, he's like those kind of like, you know bright sparks of like 
like you know just showing his kind of athleticism and stuff and you're like oh man mm. like, this guy could could be something and then the next play it's uh you, you're kind of left scratching your head uh, i'm not really sure what to think about um what to think about justin fields at all um i don't I, think he's got much to work with but and like maybe that's what matt Aberflus is trying to do here with with the bears and, and just basically say, look we know we have some serious limitations we're just going to do what we might be doing towards the end of the year which is just finding a strength and just hammering it down your throat and just saying like look if you can stop this fair enough but if you can't then we're going to keep doing it i think um because they they resorted to the running game quite a bit in um in that game now, obviously with with a stat line like that um for justin fields uh yeah that's kind of um a given um and then the running back um uh, got injured. I think he's out, right? Yeah, David um, Montgomery. That's right. They uh, Herbert picked up the slack. Um, yeah, up the, the rest. Off. He's an he's an excellent running back, man. Like David Montgomery is is fantastic on his own, but Khalil Herbert flashed last year before he got himself injured as well. And yeah, he, he's a he's a good fantasy pickup if you if he's still available in your leagues. No comment. <laughs> yeah, you're allowed to say that just like if you want to give a guy props or anything like that especially a, a backup very similar uh, like wife wise, but I don't think I have priority so I don't think uh, I'm I feel that might be the case uh, yeah definitely, definitely a good potential pick up there with uh, the effectiveness of that running game of course it just depends on who they've got coming up in the next little while I don't think I'll be going for him because I think I've got other priorities need to be taken care of so yeah uh, again Texans are pretty pitiful um probably say that they must well, are the texans the worst team in the league right now i don't know you did pick them to win it i'm um, just just saying um, yeah 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 uh-huh mm-hmm. i mean i mean yeah i would have i would have thought the the texan i don't know it was really between these two teams right which one's the worst um oh like you, you want to like like you could flip a coin and just hope it somehow explodes and kills you uh, is effectively the, the way that you would look at that because you don't want to have to pick between two teams that are so bad, really. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, uh, I, I'd so, probably say the Texans are probably the worst team. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bears are close. Your original comment about the Bears being probably the worst 2-1 team, probably agree. I mean... Uh, I need to check the stats and see what other teams have been turned one, but yeah, uh, probably, probably pretty high up there. Yeah, pretty low down there, I guess. Whichever way you want to look at it, it's a yeah. perspective thing. So uh, with the, with our pickums, uh, how did uh, how did that go? You just so said you I lost the Texans. the Texans. Yeah, and I actually picked the Bears. That was yeah. as you said, it was really a fifty fifty coin flip. I figured, you know, the Bears they have a pretty good defense. Um, uh, well, I guess it's all relative, right? Um, mm. Whereas the Texans just kind of look a bit uh, anemic all over, so I figured maybe the Bears' defense might give them a slight edge. But yeah, 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 all all in good time, I'm sure. There's there's there's, there's a few pieces here and there, but still a lot more work to be done. Uh, in a game that certainly wasn't deemed to be a coin flip and was deemed to be uh, a pretty much nailed on victory for the away team in the form of the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, didn't turn out that way, and probably the biggest shock of the week, the Colts, who were previously winless and aimless, uh, managed to bring it out and, and just just managed to snatch uh, victory from the jaws of defeat. 
in a 20 to 17 victory over the Kansas City Chiefs. Very, very unexpected. Um, Mahomes was relatively well contained throughout the course of the game before throwing the game ceiling interception on the final drive. Something that you would usually expect him to actually win it with. He's just done it so regularly, regardless of uh, how much time you give him. But this time, the magic just kind of ran out. Um, you know, the, like the running game was stuffed by the Colts. Uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire had only uh, zero yards on seven carries. And on the Colts' side of the ball, Jelani Woods caught his first two touchdowns from Matt Ryan, including the game winner with 17 seconds remaining. It was, uh, it was a weird one. I did um, when when Matt Ryan uh, threw that last touchdown. I think with what 17 seconds remaining, mm. I did kind of have like flashbacks. I'm like, man, like 17 seconds is four more seconds than um, uh, Patrick Mahomes need to win uh, versus, <laughs> the, versus the Bills last season. So I was like, yeah. he can do it. With, if he can do it with 13 seconds, he can do it with 17 seconds. But yeah, as you see, it just wasn't meant to be. Um, throwing that, uh, it was an intercept, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was an interception uh, to seal the game at the end. Um, and like, yeah, it just... Um, it was just a, it was just a weird one one from them. It wasn't something that anyone really expected, but it just kind of goes to show that the first two weeks of the year they they can mean nothing. Um, it takes some teams a little bit of time to to pick themselves up. Maybe some rookies kind of begin to show up. Uh, Alec Pierce, the uh, rookie wide receiver, played pretty well for uh, for the Colts in this one. Uh, obviously, Jelani Woods he caught his two touchdowns. Um, and the the, the the tackles that I mentioned previously, uh, Matt Pryor, who I said I basically didn't know who he was, he had a pretty decent game against uh, an otherwise difficult opposition. Braden Smith was pretty good too. Um, Michael Pittman returned. It was just it was relatively solid from them, and like like just whatever was going on around Mahomes just wasn't quite pulling it all away. It just wasn't really working for them all that well. Mm. Kind of felt like a, like a story of the two offensive sorry the two offensive and defensive lines, kind of made this one for me. I think it was uh, like the the Colts were, were getting after uh, Patrick Mahomes without really needing to rush all that much because they they know fine well that you don't need to like you shouldn't blitz him basically. Um, but yeah, they got they got in amongst it though. It's interesting because, like, um, uh, the week prior, um, I was uh, complimenting Patrick Mahomes and just like, you know, how even with you know, even without Tyreek Hill, right? Like, you know, um, you know, he can just he just has all the options. They have such a kind of mm. you know, they they spread the ball so much uh, in their game. It almost seemed like they were going so much to I guess to uh, to Kelsey, and it was almost mm. like that was the only option that was actually working, and that's why they had to keep going to Kelsey. Um, because he had the, a lot of his other options just weren't working out. I think there was the 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 miffed um, punt as well um, from Sky Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, yep. There was there was an attempted um, uh, fake field goal in this game as well, which had they just taken it would have potentially won the Chiefs the game or at least tied it up. Um, but they they went for the fake and were were stuffed on it. Uh, there was also an interesting decision at the end of the first half where Mahomes really wanted to just keep it going and uh, and, and just get themselves at least into field goal position. But Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator, was content to just run out the clock, uh, which 
And then at the end of it, you saw Patrick Mahomes kind of jawing with them and saying, I think we should really be going for this. Mm. Obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty, And like, you know, maybe that would have put the Chiefs over the top in this one. It's just the, the fine margins, the, the the fact that it comes down to one or two decisions throughout the course of a, a week, a, a day. It's um, it's just what makes this game incredible is that it's one micro decision that can have these sorts of impacts. Yeah, I guess there's also that kind of like you know if you get the um if you get the like that, that three points on that last drive to to close out the half or close up the quarter I guess the second quarter you, know, you just enter in the locker room with a really positive you know like oh yeah like we just got some more points on the board you know like you're kind of elated you know let's go out there mm. and, and do that again uh, whereas if you just like let the clock run you feel a bit deflated and you go back into the locker room a bit deflated right and I guess like you know then does that you know reflect in your in your performance on the in the next next half right so mm. i guess there's an argument to be made there as well they yeah should they've gone for it? i guess like uh and i'm always of the opinion right you just go for these things right and if you don't get it then like you just try again you know next time but it's better to go for it than the not you know and and, and fail than not actually just even go for it at all yeah well like obviously there's, there's certain analytics and things that people will will point to and there's there's different perceptions of this and you know it's it's it's, it's never going to be a, an exact science though because you have like 11 individual humans going up against another 11 individuals and there's there's just so much variability in that and how everyone executes and uh, just you know whether or not someone else determines that you know this is going to happen if one person switched off on that play then you know it, it happens it makes a difference so kudos to, to indianapolis for being well drilled and prepared for anything on um, on the special teams and defensive stands Mm-hmm. All right, so how do we pick this one? I guess when we both went Chiefs, we both went Chiefs. All right, then. Well, big, let's uh, zero there. Let's uh, let's move on from the fat bagel, and uh, we will go down to Miami, where the Dolphins upset the Bills, uh, twenty-one to nineteen. This was a game that I got up early to watch this week, and it didn't disappoint. Uh, the Bills were already dealing with injuries, particularly in their secondary, but in the Miami Heat, they had a number of players go down with exhaustion and illness. And just looking at it, oh man, I, I, I could feel the heat stroke just happening over all these players, especially playing in their darker blue whilst Miami were like, oh, just enjoying a nice day running around in our white t-shirts. You know, it's it, it does make a difference. Um so there it was a genuine home field advantage in this one for the Dolphins, uh, who managed to make the most of their opportunities. You know, they, they capitalized early on a Josh Allen fumble and got a touchdown out of it, pushed themselves ahead right at the death, thanks in large part to Jalen Waddle's 45-yard catch on third and 22 to set up the game-winning score. But the thing I want to really point out in this one is the disparity in yards in this game is not the way that it should go for for a scoreline like this. The the Bills had over 500 yards of offense and put up 19 points to the Dolphins 220ish yards of offense to put up 21. So it, it it's just a matter of the Dolphins just took advantage of the, the the opportunities that were provided to them such as that fumble near the goal line and just did what they needed to do to get the victory. Yeah, so was it? Um, yeah, it was. It was a lot of obta- uh, turnovers of the ball, right? Um, and ideal situations for the Dolphins, right? You know, the the drive 
the Bills would make it down the field and, and not get points um, and then give it to the Dolphins for one drive who would then get points sort of thing, right? Yeah, it was, it was again, fine margins and stuff. And it is things like Tyler Bass's missed field goal, uh, which was pretty short as well. Like, it was something that you'd expect him to be very automatic on. Um, should bring back the safety. Yeah. <laughs> it was, um, oh, what was that again? It was from only from 38 yards out, which for Tyler Bass is a chip shot. Um, certainly not anything you'd expect. And if he made that, you know, they would have won this game. But it was it's things the, like that, um, and then there's fumbles. Like Josh Allen had three fumbles in this game. He happened to just lose one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jameson Crowder also fumbled the ball as well. It was, uh, yeah, and the, the the Dolphins were just a little bit better drilled in this. Um, obviously, Melvin Ingram recovered a fumble and uh, and took it back for a touchdown, and Javon Hall enforced one out as well. It's, um, yeah, the Dolphins were just that little bit more switched on this week. It was also the uh, the the. It was almost like a week of um, clock management errors in the mm. in the um, you know before half time because um, just like the Chiefs, they well uh, the Chiefs made the decision, but the Bills also had a um, they had an actual um, game clock management issue um, uh, just before the half uh, where you know they were making a drive down the. Um, uh, down the field, um, they were on the the third and three um, at the Miami uh, 34, mm. um, and then they uh, made a pass for for nine yards, um, and then um, with three seconds left, and um, uh, Stefan Diggs got basically tackled in bounds, and the clock mm. you know, Just basically ran out of time. Out. Yep, yep, that's that's true. Like it's, it's, again, fine margins. And um, and then of course that that thing that you already alluded to the very end where they just ran out of time to spike the ball, um, Josh Allen finds Isaiah McKenzie across the middle of course rather than somewhere near the outside. McKenzie's running towards the outside, gets stopped in bounds, jumps up, runs towards the center to hand the ball to the referee. He gets spotted. They don't get it snapped in time. Clock runs out. Josh Allen is furious, but Ken Dorsey even more so. Woocha. Mm. It's, it's a very similar. I mean, obviously the play itself wasn't similar, but I guess the kind of um, you know between the play, it felt very reminiscent of the Cowboys last season um, and their their failure to spike it in time. Um, yeah, yeah, for the, uh, true. For the field goal. Yeah, I think. Um, Ultimately, if you're a Bills fan, you're not worrying too much about this one. You, you lost a lot of players to injury and uh, the heat in this one. Um, and I think actually their defense held up pretty well under the circumstances. Um, the, the one unit I probably want to highlight here is that the, the Dolphins defense really stepped up in this game. Uh, Javon Holland was a machine. Melvin Ingram was in the backfield all the time, picking up two sacks and that fumble recovery for a touchdown. It was um, like they just they, they played very very well in this one really. I think the Bills will be fine um, with the rest of their schedule. This was this was always going to be you know the the, the Dolphins are, are looking like a really serious contender team. You had to face them at some point, right? Um, well, you're going to have to face them again, but you know obviously you had to face them at least twice, so you had to get it over and done with. Mm. Um, and I think this was just going to be one of those um, you know one of those matchups, right? Yeah. Also, like just just before we move on, there was another play which could have completely flipped the game as well when uh, Tua threw a ball across the middle and right into the hands of Matt Milano, who had a, a, a pick six last week, and he should well have had another one this week. And uh, the, the the look in his face was obviously of disgust in himself, but yeah, that, that could have really been another game changer. 
Um, this uh, Bills pass rush still looking really good, though. Uh, Boogie Basham wasn't on the field for all that long, but when he was, he was incredible in the pass rush. Von Miller, of course, is incredible. Greg Rousseau was brilliant. Matt Milano himself was really good. It was uh, just a, a, a really good defense performance on, on, on both sides. Despite the fact that Miami gave up so many yards, they, they, they bent, but they didn't break. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, on, I think we should just uh, move on, but I'm guessing, did we both take we both Buffalo in this one? Bulls. We both oh, picked okay. Bulls, yeah. Damn, we're just idiots, aren't we? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, also, also credit to the offensive line of the of, of the the Dolphins, who just did enough to make this uh, a really big game for them. Uh, Robert Hunt, in particular, was very good, according to PFF stats. Um, moving on, and the oh man, the Detroit Lions threw this one away. They were well ahead until the second half, and just gave the ball up in a failed kick from uh, thirty six yards away. Uh, which allowed the Vikings to march down the field to nick the win 28-24 right at the buzzer with a Kirk Cousins pass to KJ Osborne. And, oh, man, Dan Campbell took ownership of the decision to to go for the kick on uh, 4th and 4 mm-hmm. uh, from the 36-yard line. So it's a long kick. That's like over 50 yards. Like obviously, he had a lot of faith in his kicker, but... <sighs> And like the, it is like the the fun zone, really, where you have a question to ask yourself, and whether or not you just say, "You know what, my offense can get this done," and even if they don't, you know, you're you're giving up like you know a little bit more, like sorry, a little bit less space for them to to be able to go down the field for. So yeah, Dan, Dan Campbell uh, took ownership of a, of the decision and said he really regretted it. I mean, look at it this way, right? You're you're fourth and you're fourth and four. You're in the fourth quarter. There's a minute fourteen left on the clock. Um, you're if you get the you're up by three. If you get the field goal, if you get the fifty-four yard attempt, you go up by six, right? You're basically banking on that you can stop them getting a touchdown, right? You know, um, mm-hmm. if they get a field goal, you're still safe. But if they get a touchdown, you still lose, right? Yeah, I feel like at that point, right? Like, you you almost because even then, if you even if you miss the field goal, and then they, or even if you miss like going going for the fourth and four, if you just go for it and you you, you lose out, you turn the ball over. You're only t- you turn the ball over in the Minnesota thirty six, so it's like not ideal, but it's not the worst thing that can happen, I guess. Um, mm. And then um, and then if you hold them to a field goal, right, you still got extra time, right? So like. I guess then you got to you know give your faith in your team in extra time. Um, I feel like you're better off going for for it. And I guess, but you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, you know, uh, I'm not paid the, the the big bucks that Dan Campbell is to make decisions. And look, you know, he thinks he made the right decision at that time. But uh, and and then in retrospect, he obviously regrets that decision. Uh, ESPN yeah. um, they have a model and they crunch the numbers. Um, according to those numbers, yeah, he should have. Um, the kick was an eighty-five point four percent chance to win. Uh, going for it on fourth and four was eighty-nine point six, and then just punting mm. the ball um, to the Vikings with ninety percent win um, win chance. According to the yeah. model, obviously it's just a model, but I mean, I would have been, I would have been inclined to just go for it, right? You got to be the best. Yeah. O- the best defense is a is a is a good offense in my mind. So just just go for it. Mm. Um, but like I, I would have understood in this particular circumstances, punting it. If you can get that like coffin corner kick and you get it to go out at the five or something, 
then you're asking the Vikings to have one of the greatest drives in NFL history in order to in order to to win. Um, so I would say, or, or like at least a very very good drive in order to you know get themselves in the tie position. And so like I could I could see why they would have maybe done that. I think like obviously from the numbers you just gave there, the kick was the the worst one, but it wasn't by much. Um, it wasn't like, by I, much. I, I, but... I personally, I wouldn't I wouldn't kill Dan Campbell for this one. It's you know, like you can maybe look at different situations and things, but you know that's not a comeback that the Vikings win ten times out of ten or anything like that. It's not, it's not absolutely nailed on to let that happen. Of course, of course not. I guess, I guess, if, if, in my opinion, in my mind, right, if you go for it on fourth and four and you make it on fourth and four, right, then you've basically won the game, right? You can, you can pretty mm. much uh, burn out the clock. Um, you can burn the. Uh, I can't actually remember if the Vikings had any timeouts left uh, at that point. I'm sure they would have. Um, uh, I can't see that, but um, yeah, you know, if, if they do have t- timeouts left, you make them, you know, use their timeouts. You just drive the ball down the, you know, um, on the ground. Obviously, mm. they lost. Um, they lost Swift, um, but you still got um, Jamal Jamal Williams. Um, yeah, who had an excellent day with uh, excellent uh, two day. two touchdowns. Uh, yep. Really good for fantasy owners there. Um, yeah, um, Jamal Williams just continuing to do that. So you, you got to watch out a little bit for DeAndre Swift at the moment. He's got a, a bit of an injury, which could keep him out for a wee while, actually. Um, so, again, another one. Keep an eye on Jamal Williams. He's already having an excellent year. I think that was him up to four touchdowns on the year now. Um, and obviously, it's only only the end of week three. So he's uh, like someone to, to really keep an eye on behind an excellent offensive line. Uh, headed up by the likes of Panay Sewell and Frank Ragnow. If if we said at the start of the season that the Lions are looking like one of the one of the most high powered offenses <laughs> in the league, I would not have. I would have called. I would have. I would have said that's crazy. But they're they're looking really good, right? Like um, the people uh, are doing it. Yeah, yeah. clearly. Um, like the, uh, another another injury to keep an eye on. Although I don't know if it's as severe. I think he's probably going to be coming back this week is for Amon Ross St. Brown, who's just been torching the league so far this season. Um, definitely definitely well worth keeping an eye on him. Um, but on, on, on the other side, uh, for, for Minnesota, uh, Christian Darasso, uh, second-year left tackle, had his best game, um, which allowed the likes of Dalvin Cook and also Alexander Matheson to, to get on the score sheet. Uh, Cook, another one who picked up an injury, a shoulder injury, which apparently he has been dealing with off and on for uh, quite a while now, actually, um, where basically his shoulder just kind of pops out from time to time. I've, I've known someone who, who has had that, and um, it's it's awful uh, <laughs> having to deal with it. I had to help him pop it back in once after uh, a game-winning score playing uh, playing flag football. Uh, so if Mr. Adam Ingram's out there, um, hi, Adam, and I hope your shoulder's doing all right because that sucks. My understanding is with that particular injury as well, very, very um, you know, consecutive injury or occurrence mm. of that injury, um, your the chance of it reoccurring um, again just continues more and to more increase. Yeah, yeah. So, and yeah, as you mentioned, this isn't the first time that, um, uh, that he's had uh, that um, Cook has had this um, yeah, this injury. Um, so it's only um, I think. Uh, I don't know. I'd be I'd be nervous. Uh, I don't know about Dalvin mm. Cook. Um, yeah, definitely. Sort of... Yeah, definitely. So again, Alexander Madison, another one to pick up in fantasy if he's around. Um, moving on. Actually, before we move on, how did we pick this one, man? 
Uh, we both, well, actually, sorry, no, we were spilling this one. You picked the Vikings, and I went, I went a little bit daring, I think, and I picked the Lions. Little, yes, uh, sweethearts, the league. Yeah, see, you're up on me now. Uh, sure, there you go. <laughs> Just though, by, uh, by uh, yeah, a Nat ball here, as uh, as they say, that was, that was a close one. Uh, moving on, and the Baltimore Ravens took the victory, thirty-seven to twenty-six over the New England Patriots. So Lamar continued to light it up at an MVP pace with four passing touchdowns and another rushing score. Uh, Mark Andrews caught two of them. Uh, Devin Duvernay and Josh Oliver were the beneficiaries for the others. Um, On the other side of the ball, Mac Jones was generally balling out as well in this one. Uh, Put up a whole bunch of big-time throws. Um, he was maybe just putting it in harm's way way too often, though, and that's how it resulted in all of these interceptions. And um, yeah, it just you can't keep going and putting the ball in harm's way like that. Uh, but of course, that isn't even the worst thing about this game. The loss is one thing, but the fact that Mac Jones went down after his last interception and was hobbling off in excruciating pain. Seemingly another uh, another high ankle sprain potential, which could ruin the Patriots' season. Yeah, according to reports, he's going to be out for um, for a number of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that's 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 definitely not good for um, the Patriots. Um, Patriots who I don't know they they seem to be um, kind of a little bit looking for kind of like you know their um, I don't know their kind of. Uh, who they are, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Their identity, yeah. Yeah, and losing your quarterback this early in the season um, isn't going to help. Oh, it's a huge, it's huge one. It. it was an yeah. interesting game because it kind of actually looked kind of similar to um, uh, the Steelers-Patriots uh, game. I, I keep on using the Steelers games as examples. <laughs> but um, uh, from last week, where the Patriots are actually holding the Ravens quite well. Uh, in the first half, and in the second half, Lamar Jackson just went off and did Lamar Jackson things. Um, and yeah, he, he, I'll bring up the stat line. Once he's you. on, he's just he's just impossible to stop. Exactly. Yeah, that, he was he was balling out. Um, that man. Yeah, I I wouldn't want to be the um, if I was the Ravens, I probably would have wanted to sign uh, Lamar Jackson uh, <laughs> last off season because I feel like his. His um his price is only going to go up. Um, yeah, at this rate, certainly. Like um yeah, in that in that second half, uh, the Ravens went uh, touchdown, touchdown, field goal, touchdown on their four possessions, uh, to to seal it out. And yeah, it just looked really good, good value all the way through. Um, on 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 defense as well. Um, they they had some some real performers. Kyle Hamilton was incredible in this game. He was excellent. Really, really showed up in his in his, in his limited uh, time that he's had on the field, um, and of, of course Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey both came up with picks as well. Uh, Calais Campbell was in the backfield a lot. It was uh, a, a pretty good outing from Baltimore defense to force as many turnovers as they did. So get get this. I'm just looking at the stat sheet um, itself. So Lamar Jackson, if you look at the actual yards gain, Matt Jones Lamar Jackson, uh, and Lamar Jackson are actually pretty similar. Uh, Lamar Jackson threw for 218 yards, um, 18 of uh, 29. Um, 
and uh, but he had four interceptions and uh, sorry four touchdowns and one interception. That's that's the big difference because meanwhile yeah. Mac Jones had three hundred and twenty one yards for the year, twenty two of thirty two. Uh, but he he threw zero touchdowns and three interceptions. Yeah, so they're, they're, turnovers win ball games, man. Exactly. That's the that's thing the, that I've always the, been told. That's the telling stat there because yeah, so Mac Jones was airing it out and he had you know yards per attempt was ten, so that's that's quite good. That's that's really good. Um, but yeah, he was he was just uh, turning the ball over too much. He was sacked three times. Uh, Lamar was sacked four. Uh, but then again, the other part of the stat right is um, Lamar Jackson. He um, had 11 carries on the ground for 107 yards. Yeah, so, it's not often that you see a, a, a player throw for, uh, you know, four touchdowns and run for a, over 100 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's, it's something like pretty much unique to Lamar Jackson and his skill set just now. Obviously, it wasn't his most efficient game passing, but he still manages to, to, to get the ball in the end zone because when he gets down there, he's just so dangerous. You have to account for him. And when you're accounting for him, that allows just that split second for him to find someone else who's open. Mm, I feel like it was always going to be a kind of a tough game for Lamar, just just you know dealing with um, the Patriots and Bill Belichick. But like just the fact that he excelled that much versus the um, a pretty stout um, Patriots defense, I think just really exemplifies like how how good Lamar Jackson actually is. Yeah, I think he's he's a pretty special player and certainly one of the most fun to watch. Um, yeah, I could I could watch Lamar all day, and uh, who knows? Maybe I maybe I will do that next week. Who's he playing against? Uh, the Ravens have. I have it here. The oh, Ravens. oh oh Ravens and the Browns. Okay, interesting. Another, yeah, another. interesting divisional matchup there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so who did we pick in this one then? We both picked the Ravens. Okay, so, so go us. Yeah. All right, uh, we're going to see if we can pick up the pace a little bit here. So the Bengals 27 and the Jets 12. So I don't want to dwell on it too much, but uh, Joey and the Bungles finally got right this season with a win over the Jets. Uh, the New York side kind of failed to make any mark in the pass rush, which really was the difference in just allowing Joe Burrow to go to work. Because to this point in the season, his offensive line has just not protected him at all. Finally got an opportunity to and was just dealing in this one. Uh, first rounders Garrett Wilson and Ahmad Gardner for the Jets had rather mixed days, but you can still see that they're going to be critical parts in that team. And I think that you're probably going to see Zach Wilson come back in here because, you know, contrary to what he made us think from last week, Joe Flacco just ain't that good. Just ain't that good. Uh, oh, one other thing I noticed in this one was uh, well, it's hard to miss because you probably heard it around the world. T. Higgins got absolutely lit up on a deep shot and looked like he didn't know where he was. So uh, thoughts and prayers out to, to T. Higgins in this one because, yeah, that looked sore. There was actually something out. Um, uh, am I misremembering? Wasn't, um, didn't Tua get um, hit really heavily this Tua, week as well? And not, Tua had a weird one. Like, it was the way he, way he landed. It, it looked like um, he, he landed quite hard after after a hit but it's one of these ones well they said it was a back injury which is very questionable he was because you can, you can he see like he was concussed yeah to me. sorry to take it back yeah, to the you, dolphins game that we talked about but i just remember I no absolutely like, this is a, this is an important point yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's I feel an important like, point i because, feel like they yeah. should have i don't know i don't think he should have been playing after that oh and actually yeah news they the dolphins are being investigated for why they sent him back out it's uh, absolutely yeah. and I, I'm, I, the fact that they said it was a back injury 
brings certain things into question as well. Yeah, it's like as that because that clearly wasn't just a back injury there. Uh, he he fell back, his head bounced off the turf. Mm. Uh, he tried to get back up and was stumbling around all over the place. That's not a guy who's just uh, you know had a little rough up on his back. That's a that's a head injury, and, yeah. and they know it. So back to the back to the Bengals and Jets game. There was also another scare of an injury um, uh, for another wide receiver. Obviously, you had T. Higgins getting uh, hit pretty heavily, um, but uh, Garrett Wilson also um, took quite a hit um, on a catch uh, to the ribs, I think it was, and he mm. briefly went out of the game. Uh, he did come back though, so there was, I guess, uh, initial concerns. Oh, yeah, that looked like it was a kind of bone-breaking kind of hit. Uh, it, was, mm. it was a big hit he took, um, but yeah, it, it sounds like he's actually okay. So that, that's that's reassuring if you're a, a Jets fan um, for yeah. you know, your young talent there. Yeah, I think the fact that he was out or ineffective in this one, and they, you know, just didn't look good shows to me that he's he's going to be important to this team. He's already important to them because if he's not there and if he's not firing, then that this offense just splutters. Um, but, like, you know, you're asking Joe Flacco to throw 52 times. So it's, uh, it's never never really a good sign when that's happening. Uh, who did we pick in this one then? The I'm Bengals. assuming we both went Bengals. Yeah, yeah cool, cool. Next one, I think we might have split. Uh, or did we both no, go we both the, Raiders. the Raiders? Oh, yeah, we so both the... disappointed because the Titans yeah. ended up pulling it out 24 to 22. Yeah, uh, and they were uh, far ahead in this one. It, was, it looks a lot closer on paper, but the Raiders were never really in this game in my eyes. Uh, the Titans got out to an early lead, but they just kind of let Vegas claw their way back in. Now, for Las Vegas, Mac Hollins was the highlight, uh, snagging eight catches for a buck fifty-eight and a touchdown. Perhaps he's the real deep weapon, and we don't really need to be all that concerned about Devontae Adams. N- n- no, probably no. not. Devontae Adams got a touchdown as well. Was, yeah. yeah, but he's not being utilized nearly as much as he was in Green Bay, which he's I not. think was the fear that a lot of people had about this move like he's he's getting involved on the odd touchdown or whatever but it's not any of these big like you know i I, i've seen him get games where he's got like 13 catches for 140 yards and a touchdown and it's like that's the sort of stat line i'm used to seeing for him there's very rarely would you see him have a stat line like the one he had in this one which uh, I, I'm just going to fire up here, but off the top of my head, it was I've something it like it's 10 six targets, catches for 48. Yeah. Five, five receptions for 36, 36 yards uh, and one Oof. touchdown. So, yeah, not not um, not a very uh, Devontae Adams um, stat line. I had to do a double check on, like, um, Mac, Mac Hollins. I was like, who, who is this? Who is this guy? Um, <laughs> he pop- he- I get my, much like uh, Curtis Samuel, he pops up every now and again, but... Uh, um, you know, maybe his, this is him about to make a make a step in this offense. Who really knows? They got to have something go right in that locker room, and apparently there's already uh, Josh McDaniels, the Raiders head coach, being called in for a lengthy meeting with uh, owner Mark Davis prior to the the interviews with the media, which makes it very very public that he's already in discussions which are quite serious with ownership, which is not a good sign. For a brand new head coach. Mm, yeah, I, that organization, man. I, I don't know what's going on there. Obviously, last season was a was a bit of a nightmare. You know, kind of most of it beyond their beyond their control, and then yeah, yeah starting the season zero and three after you know signing uh, a massive signing like um, 
Devontae Adams. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, it seemed like they seem like they're in a bit of a tailspin um, of all teams. Yeah, they're, they're, they're going to need a get right game and soon because like they've clearly got some talent on the roster. That they had a they look like they've got a better roster this year than they did last year, but they're doing less with it, which mm. is a problem, especially for a head coach. Mm. Maybe they'll bring in uh, was it Rich Passaccia who was uh, was there last year. As the interim head coach, once Gruden moved on, yeah, bring him back in. He clearly had the guys working for yeah, him. Yeah, moved on. That's uh, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, yeah, that's when we're putting it. Um, uh, just yeah. Uh, last point on the on the Raiders. Yeah, it's also like obviously you can't be getting this many losses this early on um, in in such a competitive um, you know uh, division as well. Like you know, mm. it's just a recipe for disaster. Um, yeah. and also like that being said this division everyone looked at it at the start of the season and went oh my god like exactly. how, how can any of these teams lose anything exactly. and then you've got the Chargers losing this week you've got the Chiefs losing the Raiders losing and the Broncos losing the whole division lost this week mm. and um, they've all got questions hanging hanging around them. Well, perhaps like the maybe less won, of the right? Chiefs but the still won. the Broncos won Sorry, yeah, Broncos. Broncos did win. It, it felt were, like a loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. No one, <laughs> it was. No one uh, it was. It was not. It was only a win on paper. In yeah, yeah, in yeah. terms of like actually enjoying it from a from a fan's perspective, Absolutely. it was. Um, you know, fifty nine minutes of excruciating pain, uh, followed by the one minute of uh, I couldn't even say ecstasy. It was just. <laughs> it was tough. It was tough. But we'll come into that one later on. Um, real quick, final point on the Titans. Hard-fought win, a uh, little bit of a get-right for them here. Uh, good to see Derrick Henry getting involved in he this one good. now. Derrick Henry looked kind of like back to kind of Derek, you know, doing Derrick Henry things. He kind of looked a little bit tentative last week and like the week before. Um, mm. So it was actually good to see him, yeah, I don't know, just you know, kind of just the way he moves. Start rolling right? people over, yeah. That dr- kind of just driving motion of his legs, you know. He just gets rolling. Um, Once he gets going, you can't really stop him. Exactly. Uh, The the one thing that I would be concerned about is the loss of Taylor Luan for the season, left tackle. Um, Like that offensive line had already been depleted, but now the fact that Luan is gone too, that's really going to hamper Henry's chances of continuing on with this season and uh, and really getting back fully to where he was last year. Mm. Massive, massive loss. Anyways, let's move on. I've uh, got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We've got, we still have way too many games left, so let's uh, let's keep that pace going. Uh, a nice easy one here as the Philadelphia Eagles just dominated the Washington Commanders 24-8. to Now, that doesn't sound like that much of a domination, but this is 24-8 to going on 54 to nothing. And at one point, I believe there was a stat line which showed up on the screen, which I thought must have been just some sort of uh, fault. But no, the stat line was 330 yards passing for Philly and minus two yards passing for Washington, counting sack yardage. So the Eagles are just dominating on both sides of the ball here. They just get themselves out to such a such an early unassailable lead. And then they can just afford to take their foot off the gas and just kind of kind of coast a little bit towards the end. But yeah, once again, the Philadelphia Eagles look really, really handy. And this week they had uh, Devonta Smith having his coming out party with eight catches for 169 yards and a touchdown. And yeah, it just looked really, really good doing it too. Yeah, they're, they're, 
I think they're the real deal. They're looking good. <laughs> Which yes, is they keeping are. in line for my hot take last week that they, they're they going to win the whole thing, or they're going to at least go to the go to the very end. Um, uh-huh. I'm pretty I'm pretty happy. Um, continue to be pretty. Happy. I mean, it is just the commanders. I yeah, I don't know. The commanders, what they're, they're two and one, but they were against um, no one and two. Sorry, but they were one against two. against you know, I don't know. Their last couple matchups have been kind of questionable as well. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Didn't didn't really take too much um, from this one. Um, yeah, just the the Eagles look, you know, dominant. Um, yeah, like the, the 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 like Washington were just kind of not very good on either side of the ball. Uh, their offensive line got absolutely shredded to the tune of I think it was seven sacks, but honestly, it, it could have been nine. nine it could have been thirty five. The Eagles it got was, nine sacks. It was it was nasty, an absolute beatdown. Um, so they were lucky to get with their with uh, their dignity intact, twenty four to eight. Uh, yeah, just the less said about Washington, the better. But um, for for Philadelphia, obviously Devontae Smith was great uh, on on the defensive side of the ball. Jordan Davis, man, like that. Yeah, when that guy gets moving, he is uh, tough to stop. Um, he was getting involved in the in, in the pass rush, which isn't really something that you'd maybe have expected from him beforehand. He was considered to be maybe more of a run stuffer with upside, but now he's uh, he's already showing that he's got that potential there. Uh, Brandon Graham had a nice day too, uh, as well as uh, T.G. Edwards, the middle linebacker. Uh, I'm we guessing we both picked the Eagles. Both picked the Eagles, yep. Oh, just so original of us. I know. Um, moving on to Los Angeles. And the Jacksonville Jaguars pulled out another shocker here. Uh, 38-10. to 10. And so this maybe would have been shock of the week if there was a healthy Justin Herbert involved. Uh, and towards the end of the game, he absolutely should not have been involved. Uh, he should have been taken out to be rested. Uh, Brandon Staley has initially said that it was... Justin's call to stay in and he then elaborated and said no actually sorry it was it was my call so Brandon Staley is getting more and more on my radar and likely on the radar of some other people as well I would imagine so Herbert was clearly struggling after taking an injection to play in his chest after the rib cartilage injury sustained last week and he was dealing with a diminished roster it just wasn't really pretty on on their side of the ball uh, whereas for the Jaguars, uh, it was pretty smooth sailing for them, really. Uh, you had um, James Robinson going over 100 yards and getting a, yeah, a nice touchdown in there. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, Devin Lloyd looked like an all-pro for the second straight week. And, uh, of course, you've got Trevor Lawrence playing well again. Um, just just dealing out quite a lot, really enjoying his distribution right now. He's finding a lot of players uh, with passes, um, and then just every now and again, he'll find someone who's working against the, the opposition. Uh, this week it was Zay Jones, and he can just make him the main focus, but still deal it out to everyone else, and was, was pretty effective in this one. Mm. Hot take. Maybe not a hot oh, take. Oh, here it comes. Come on. Hit me. I, I, I'm not necessarily agree with this, but on your thoughts, Stuart, are we, uh-huh. we going to see the Jaguars potentially win the AFC South? Or is it too early to say that? Or is it too early to say that? Mm. Well, I mean, if you're looking at the way that that division's lining up right now, so you've got the Texans, <laughs> who are one of the worst teams in the NFL. you got the Colts, who struggled through the first two weeks, but somehow managed to pull it out against the Chiefs in the third week. So maybe watch for the Colts to make a bit of the ascendancy once they get things running. The Titans, they've just lost their left tackle. 
Uh, although they have just notched their first win. Their wide receiving core is looking a bit shaky, but perhaps they can step up as well. I think uh, the, you know the Jaguars are the, the team that have got out to the hottest start, and they've looked pretty good doing it. Like If they sustain this pace, the fact that they've already got their noses in front, it could really stand them in good stead going forward. I, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens when, uh, when, when the Jags play a few more uh, interdivisional teams. And um, just, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really intrigued. I want the Jags to do well because I want to see someone like Trevor Lawrence become what we all think he can be, which is the, like, a, like a truly elite quarterback in this league. Yeah, I guess I don't want to go for kind of knee-jerk reactions, but the Jaguars do look, it, do it. Look, look kind of, <laughs> look kind of spicy. You know, they look yeah. kind of good. <laughs> I like, well, good on good. good on defense as well. Like the, the the other Josh Allen, he he had an eighty-eight overall grade in this one, and like I say, Devin Lloyd was getting involved too. Uh, the like the, the, the just it's a good solid team, and uh, they they really had the Chargers number in this one all day. I want to preface this, but I, 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 it's crazy though. Like, yeah, they beat the Chargers. It's wild to think about. I don't know. Like, they're, they're not my. They're not gonna like uh, do seat like the Bills or anything like that um, for my pick of like you know going all the way. But mm. uh, maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe they're like uh, in the in the hunt team. You know, like um, look lay down the season. Obviously, you know, too early to say injuries and who knows what else. But yeah. Um, I don't. I don't yeah. think that they're a fantastic team yet, or anything. No, but no, no, no. They've, I feel just they've, they've, they've made the most of their opportunities, which is all you can really ask of a team at this yeah, point. In the season. I think just looking at their division, that that you know, I feel like, I guess it, it really depends really on how the rest of the teams in the division do. Uh, which I guess you can say about any team, but yeah, it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to watch. Interesting to watch. Truly, truly. Um, so how do we pick that one? I'm guessing yeah, we, we both, both went the Chargers. Chargers. So we yeah. look like we have egg on our face right there. Yeah, well, I mean, like that was uh, that was the one where I, I think in our little discussion post podcast last week, I said, you know, like, oh, it just depends on what's going to happen with Justin Herbert, but he'll probably play and he'll probably be all right. No, he, he right. just could, couldn't over- overcome his own injury as well as the other injuries on his team, and the Jaguars just just rolled, man. Go on, Duval. And uh, now moving on, then, the Los Angeles Rams uh, overcame the Arizona Cardinals 20-12. to And just kind of watching this one uh, tick on, it just kind of looked like it was not a particularly nice game, especially if you're a Cards fan, of course. Uh, of course, that's not to say it wasn't without highlights for them, with the Kyler Murray and Marquise Brown connection clearly uh, coming together nicely as Brown caught 14 of his 17 targets for 140 yards, but the rest of the team is clearly missing a DeAndre Hopkins there. Um, On the other side of the ball for Los Angeles, uh, Jalen Ramsey was just on top form again, just no one having a a shot anywhere near that man. Uh, Just was not going to happen. Um... Cam Akers looked pretty good uh, in his first like proper action, I think, for the Rams for most mm. of it until he had a fumble late on that nearly cost them the game because you could just feel that the Cardinals were like, right, this is it. This is our opportunity. The Raiders did it to us last week. We're going to get it done again. And it just kind of petered out. 
in the, the end. The run game situation, and uh, not to spend too much time on it, but in LA's is kind of, Rams is kind of weird, right? Because like first week they were kind of like at a 50-50 kind of spot between uh, Akers and Henderson, and then uh, I think it was kind of they actually went like 60-40 or like 70-30 the next week, and then the, mm. the following week, week three, Akers got like no carries. I think he got like mm. three or four carries, like zero yards, and then uh, this week it was all it was all um. It was all Lakers, pretty much. It's all him again, yeah. 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 So I, I, I don't know what's going on there. Um, well, I guess it's, it's just um, maybe it's situational uh, or, or they just kind of want to ease Akers back into being the, the lead back here because that's what he was developing into before he had his injury, which set him out for last year. Um, and then, but like having Daryl Henderson back in back in there as a decent change of pace as well as a receiving back, you know, there's, there's options there. But um, again, for this one, it's that... Rams defense that I think made made the difference today. Uh, Jalen Ramsey was excellent. Bobby Wagner was was really good. Aaron Donald had a, a very average day for him, but let's like I, I, even Aaron Donald's average is still better than ninety five percent of the league. And yeah, the the Cardinals just kind of looked listless for the whole game on both sides of the ball and just kind of wandered into twelve points somehow. Uh, also, interesting stat, this was the, the, the first field goal from Matt Prater this season, so he'd gone without a single field goal in the first two weeks. Just uh, just something uh, that I had not expected from you know, a team that already played two weeks of football. Yeah, not really a... Not really a... I guess, like, you know, if, if you can get wins without having to kick uh, field goals, it's always good, but I guess you do need to get wins. Um, yes, that's uh, that's where it really matters, yeah. Yeah, are still kind of lacking in that department. Yeah, so we both picked the Rams in this one? We did both pick the Rams. Okay, all right, go us. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons, 27 to the Seahawks, 23. Uh, so this somehow ended up a pretty close game, and the right team probably won in the end. But this this is one of those other weird ones where you look at some of the stuff that Geno Smith was doing, and you say, like, this guy can do it sometimes. And like he put together probably a pretty good half, but then in the other half he just could could do nothing at all. So if he can put it all together, he might actually be a pretty good NFL quarterback. Um on the other side of the ball, though, like this was uh, another like Corderell Patterson masterclass game. Uh, he like took took it over for 140 yards on the ground and and a touchdown. Uh, really helped open things up for likes of Kyle Pitts, who had a a, a PFF grade of 93 overall. Uh, excellent as a run blocker as well as in the pass game, and. Um, just like some 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 good signs that this is an Atlanta team that can still cause teams problems. Uh, Marcus Mariota didn't have his best game ever, but got in on the ground, got in through the air. Um, they can still cause people problems. I think Atlanta are my kind of berserker team. Like on on any given week, they can come through and just just do something to you that you don't expect. And um, yeah, they just come up and smack you in the mouth. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I, I think we were, um, we we both picked the Seahawks. 
Um, and I think we both made that decision based on where it was being played because it is, you know, um, Seattle. It, it is almost like a stronghold. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the Falcons, I guess, were bloodlusted and um, the crowd didn't matter. The, the noise, the crowd did not matter. Uh, I guess 100%. Bloodlusted, you know, you can't hear the crowd. So <laughs> I think that my, from what I remember, part of my thinking was like a heart thing. And it was just that whole thing of like, well, they did really well against Denver at home. Maybe they're going to be one of these teams that can really just crank up that notch when they need to when they're at home they didn't do that they were they were pretty bad um on, on, on both sides of the ball really like their, their defense was was pretty god-awful um whereas for atlanta they, they had they had some really good player likes of richie grant their free safety uh mike ford stepped up nicely it's like there's there, there some, some good performances from atlanta on on the defensive side and some some excellent ones on offense whereas seattle were just kind of again i've used the term a couple of times so far but you know listless really mm, mm. Mm. it's also it looks like penalties were a bit of a problem as well which you can either give mm. away you know if you're giving away penalties that, that's not good um they gave away yeah three times as many yards on penalties, um, so yeah, that, you, know, it, you don't need to drive the ball that problem. much if you're getting if you're getting you know, um, forty seven yards on 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 offense. Yeah, that is definitely a problem that they need to be dealing with. Uh, moving on then, because yeah, we said that we both picked yep. the Seahawks in that one. Yep. Boom, done, terrible. Let's get out of here. Uh, Packers 14, Bucks 12 in the Game of Goats, as whatever they were calling it. Something along those lines anyway. Uh, so the Pack shot out to an early 14-point lead before spluttering themselves to a halt. Uh, thankfully for them, though, the under-resourced Bucks just couldn't pull it out after the death, or at the death even. Uh, a late score got things really close, but a delay of game during a two-point conversion made things that much more difficult for the Buccaneers before Devondre Campbell broke up the game-tying two-point attempt. So you can see why Brady was uh, was so livid and wanted to smash some shit after that. Mm. Yeah, it was... It was a- it was a bit of a weird one, wasn't it? That game. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, the um, the Bucks have been, well, the Bucks are really good defense, but their offense, yeah. as you mentioned, uh, it seems like they have all the big names, but all the big names are injured, so they can't play. Um, yeah, so, like, it doesn't help you having a like the the world's deepest wide receiving core if they all are injury prone. Or get themselves suspended. Yeah, I, I think they signed Cole Beasley last minute before the game. Yep, as well. yep, he, he um, stepped in to get him. Uh, slid, slid into Tom Brady's DMs in order to get himself a contract. That'll he didn't work. Really do much. Um, yeah, Russell Gage was their uh, highest performing wide receiver. Uh, Thirteen times, yeah. twelve receptions for eighty-seven yards. But yeah, absolutely. I, I do really like Russell Gage, but he's one of these guys that he's not. He's not a number one, but he can make a competent number two, an excellent number three. And if you've got enough guys there, he's the league's best wide receiver for. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, um, which I think mean, like would work, right? If you had um, oh, the other wide receivers, uh, you got uh, Evans, Mike Evans, um, uh, Julio Jones, Julio and Jones Chris Godwin, and Chris Godwin, right? Who you like? Those are like all like you know, wide receiver ones, if you know, or two. All all Pro Bowlers. One yeah. of them's the best wide receiver of his generation, just you know, past his peak. Um. But yeah, like so it's, having, it's it's having it's a crazy amount. Number four is like oh man, like it's the dream depth is unreal. Right? But then you <laughs> yeah. have to promote him to wide receiver one. It's like ooh boy. Um, yeah, you trouble. start getting a little bit worried about that. But he 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 performed well. 
on his day. So credit to Russell Gage there. He still covered himself in glory. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But I guess you can only do so much, right? Especially if you're if you're the mm. obvious, if you're unresourced, you're the obvious wide receiver one, and you, but you don't really quite have the talent to be the wide receiver one. Like the defense, mm-hmm. right? The Green Bay Packers defense, right? They just know who to who to who to cover, who to two man. Yeah. And then you know, um, Tom Brady could be Tom Brady, right? But you know, he's got to have people to throw to, right? Um, he's definitely not running the ball, so. Um, yeah. yeah, it was definitely it was a definitely a big defensive performance from both of these teams. Like after a, a, a like an, an initial you know getting out to the lead for the Packers, they really uh, were were stifled by the Bucks defense. So they, they they did still end up having to force the quarterbacks to throw the ball because the running games weren't really doing too much there. Um, so like yeah, but like, at least like Aaron Rodgers may well have found his uh, go to future target in the form of Romeo Dobbs. Uh, who stepped up and caught eight of eight, which uh, Aaron likey, by the way. He likes people who catch all of his passes for 73 yards and a, and a score, so that looked pretty good. Yeah, yeah. How do you pick this one? Uh, we... You picked the Packers, and I picked yeah, the Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. boy. Oh, boy. That was not uh, one of those ones that could, really could have gone either way, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, but like, I think that the the one thing which put put it over for me was just all those injuries on, on the wide like injuries and, and um, suspensions on the wide receiving core, as well as um, you know the the offensive line just hasn't been performing all that well for Tampa. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was just it was always going to be a struggle. Uh, whereas at least the Green Bay's wide receiver struggles are something that they've been dealing with all year, and they've already know how to how to deal with. So, got yeah, one two punch of Aaron Jones and. Um... Uh, AJ Dillon in the backfield, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Speaking of struggles, uh, the next game uh, was a bit of a struggle. Oh, (laughs) boy. Yeah, so, man, if you like defensive performances and punt coverages, then this was the game for you. As uh, for only the second time in history, a game finished 11 points to 10 as the Broncos managed to hold off the 49ers. Uh, so fantastic defense by both sides but again you just feel like both of these QBs just weren't seeing the opportunities that were in front of them so at one point Jimmy G pulled a a Norlovsky uh, which is running out the back of his own end zone for a safety uh, which obviously was the difference in this game it could well have um, been kept to to 10 to 9 at that point but Broncos get the ball back again and there you go two points uh, but also, Russ was finally able to capitalize, marching down the field before Melvin Gordon finally got the Broncos to score from within the red zone, having fumbled it away on numerous occasions beforehand. So, the, the Broncos' struggles continue, but, you know, you, you see, that it's not to do with the wide receivers. The wide receivers have been playing quite well, they've been getting open, but... Russell's just not seeing them, and I can't quite figure out what the problem is here. What's his What's his deal? Uh, Cortland Sutton still had another excellent game with another six. Sorry, ninety six yards. Um, and yeah, it just oh, I'm frustrated. I'm, I I I don't get it, mate. Help me. <laughs> I I don't know what to tell you. Uh, yeah, do um, uh, the wide receiver two is still out. Um, yeah, Jerry uh, Judy. Yep, yeah. injured. Um, but I think he's uh, I think he's cleared for the next um, next uh, game. Um, 
yeah, he only had, uh, it sounds like he played really limited snaps in this game. So, yeah, even even without jury duty, um, they managed to get, you know, they were, they, the, the wide receivers were making, running their routes and getting open. Um, and, and, yeah, as you said, he wasn't, uh, he, he doesn't have his trademark, um, we haven't seen this so far, his trademarked Russell Wilson um, uh, accuracy. Yeah, pinpoint accuracy that he's he's round for, right? He's supposed um, to be the best downfield passer uh, of, of his generation at the moment, but he's just not 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 giving it to us. Yeah, so I'm sure there's, there's clearly something not quite right there. Whether it's just a trust factor needs to be built up, or because his his offensive line is doing quite well too. Um, you know, like it's just they're not not awful. Although in saying that, in in this game they were dealing with an awful lot. This was am- among the worst that they've played all season, and they still managed to come away with the win. Um, um, if it's any consolation, I'm sure you'll get to see Russell Wilson. He'll probably get to do some really nice um, throws into those little um, bags during the, um, the, <laughs> moving, the moving bins um, during the Pro Bowl. So, Oh, you reckon he's going to get the Pro Bowl, do you? Oh, fingers crossed. Like That that, that sounds real good anyway. Um, on, on the defensive side of the ball, though, for, for both teams, it was it was pretty solid across the board. Um, on, on for the San Francisco side of things, uh, the the linebackers in particular were, were really, really good, just really cleaning everything up. Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner had, uh, had had the running backs number for most of the day until they were worn down towards the end. Um, for for Denver, you had Randy Gregory getting in the backfield and really causing some problems. Uh, maybe not always getting to the quarterback, but you had uh, four hurries. Uh, as well as, uh, as as two two tackles for a loss and uh, and, a, and a sack and a hit another hit as well, um, yeah the the Broncos defense I think looks really solid. I'm so glad that Patrick Sertan looks okay because he is uh, on his day one of the best in the league as well. So, uh, but like the, the, uh, also just just to move on. Uh, the probably the biggest thing to come out of this game for the San Francisco side is that Trent Williams left the game with a high ankle sprain as well. So there's a lot of people getting going down with high ankle sprains at the moment, M- mainly uh, quarterbacks or left tackles as well, which is really quite concerning. Um, so I don't know if there's anything to be said about that really, but uh, San Francisco want to get him back real quick because he's the best left tackle in the league. Something about the turf, perhaps. Maybe. So how did we pick this one? You pick the Broncos. I, I oh, pick the Forty Niners. Jimmy Jimmy down. Oh boy, Jimmy. Oh Jimmy Jimmy. Final yeah, game. Um, yeah, but yeah, let's just move on to it. I wasn't gonna. I was. I was gonna ask a little more about Jimmy, but now nah, we've. We've, we've spoken at length about him in the past. So Monday Night Football saw the Dallas Cowboys travel to New York in an NFC East matchup. And the Cowboys were, were, were pretty close in this one for a while before they managed to pull away at the end, 23-16. to 16. So yeah, close for three quarters before them boys, led by Cooper Rush, who is now 2-0 and starting for Dallas. Uh, keeps Ooh, him in the race for the NFC East. Career, uh, he's three and zero, right? But did, was that that other win? Did that come from another team? Uh, well, 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 this this was this this season. This, this season, but, no, because Dak Prescott started uh, and lost that game. Actually, that first game. Oh yeah, so, yeah. I mean, but career, this is only week three now. Wise, Cooper Rush is three and zero. Yeah, doing not, do not bad as, as a starting QB. Yeah. Yeah, he's got he's got some tools. He's uh, he's capable of keeping his head above water in this one, I think. Um, he did manage to find C.D. Lamb on uh, on what could should have been a big a big game winner, which was dropped. But then Lamb made up for it with uh, another incredible one-handed snag to push the Cowboys out into the lead in the fourth quarter. But 
it's not the offense that's going to win them games, as I, I've said before in this. It's the defense that continues to live up to expectations. Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons, still incredible. But this was a game for uh, for Demarcus Lawrence. He just really jumped off the screen in this one uh, to the tune of three sacks, uh, another four hurries. Uh, he was just in the he was living in the backfield in this one, and um, yeah, just just looked so solid for it. Um, for for the for the Giants though, I'm just kind of feeling as if there's still something there with them. Like they're not always performing tremendously, um, but they they're still hanging around in games as they've done through this entire season. So they've managed to scrape two wins, and then they've just kind of lost one here. I just have this feeling that the Giants have the makings of a good team somewhere within them. I don't know like where, last... I don't know how deep it is, but there's something in there. Like a little bit of a last season Lions sort of thing, you know, kind of scrappy, always going to be competitive. I'm, I'm, I'm still making the comparison between the two head coaches. You kind of want to yeah. run for a brick wall for them. Yeah, I reckon it's going to be interesting. <laughs> a I, scrappy but boring Lions. Yeah, that's what they are. Yeah, I reckon like next year it'll be interesting to see what the Giants do in the offseason and the draft and whether maybe next season they're like a real true you know, um, full package sort of team. We'll see. Mm. I guess it depends on if, if Saquon Barkley can, can stay healthy because he looked really good this game as well. He he got off to a really good, uh, really big run. Uh, I can't remember mm-hmm. how many yards it was, but it was a lot of yards. Um, yeah, I think he broke one for 36 uh, for, yeah. his, for his touchdown. I um, think it was like a 30-something yard um, run, so that'll be the one I'm thinking of. Honestly, man, when, when, when Saquon gets moving, when he's allowed the opportunity... By his offensive line to move, he's he's, he's incredible. Uh, but he wasn't afforded all those opportunities in this one, and the mm. offensive line took a lot of blame this week for allowing all those sacks of Daniel Jones, which kind of cost them the game. Uh, but like on that offensive line, Andrew Thomas is becoming a an, a, an elite left tackle. Uh, didn't have his best game today, but was far from his worst. Um, so yeah, they they've they've got something in there and uh, Saquon's the sort of player that they can build around in games where they like if they get themselves ahead but but in order to do so you've got to have a better passing attack and if you've got someone like Kenny Galladay on your roster who's just eating up cap space and certainly not eating up any catches you've got to maybe make make a change there and he's certainly a player that you could see being on the move sooner rather than later Mm. And I don't think he'll be traded for. I think he's going to be cut at some point because he's just not contributing right now. I'll have to look at what the contract situation is like with him, whether he's still got you know um, a year's on his contract yeah. or not. Um, it'll be interesting what the cap hit is uh, with him. Yeah, yeah. Both you on that one. Anyway, man, let's see how, how we're doing for time now, right? So we have been just, at just quickly. This I want some slight redemption. You picked the, one, two, five. You picked okay. the Giants for that game, and I picked the oh, Cowboys. Man. So a last minute redemption for me there. Um, just in terms oh of standings for the week, um, for, for week three, um, so I had it here, um, you were at 40, uh, you were at 50% uh, success rate right. for picks, I was unfortunately not quite uh, the or not quite uh, down the middle, I was 43%, so. Booyah, one, Bothwell one takes behind. the W. Yeah, yep, I'll let you take that one, I'll come back next week swinging. 
Cool, cool. If you say so, if you say so, unless uh, unless we just uh, just both pick the same as we go, uh, in which case I'll just remain one ahead throughout the entire year. I'll just let you pick uh, first. Then. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I wouldn't do that. Uh, how, how about make it interesting at the... Uh, actually, we should maybe pick intervals throughout the, throughout the year and then however many um, one is ahead of the other is how many beers gets bought for that person on a night out. Oh yep, sounds like a, sounds like a, a good idea. It might be you know zero. We'll see. You know zero beers. Cool, cool. Which might make for a boring <laughs> night, but we'll see. Perfectly happy with a net one. I mean, like we can still you know consume other beers, but sure, this would sure. just be ones yeah, that you know would come with an that, added flavor to it. I would that's say. That's fair. That's fair. Got to add some incentives. So shall we just quickly power through them? I've got all the um I've got all the fixtures here. Um, Go so, for it. Uh, starting off with uh, Thursday night football, uh, you got the three and Dolphins uh, at uh, playing in Cincinnati against the one and two Bengals. Stewart is the mm. current uh, winner, who, uh, current leader. Oh man! Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to try and do this relatively quickly, but sure. uh, this is one that I would really stick on because, uh, like you know, Miami they have been performing well. Cincinnati only just came up, beat the Jets. Uh, I'm not going to think too hard about this one. I'm just going to say that Miami will uh, continue to roll, especially with that defense. I think they're going to cause Joe Burrow problems. Yep, I'm going to I'm going to make it um, boring, and I'm also going to pick the Dolphins. Uh, then starting things on Monday um, Monday football Monday day football um, Monday day day football. Uh, you got <laughs> the two and one Vikings uh, facing off against the Saints. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Yeah, I will. Actually, do you want to? Do you want me to just keep going first you in these ones, or do first. you want to go first? Because I, 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 I trust you to have already made your selection. Whoever's so. leading, oh, I haven't even looked at half of them. Whoever's leading, I reckon they they can make the selections for the. Fair enough. Uh, give me Minnesota in this one. Yep. I think that uh, that Jameis Winston thing is too big a concern for me, as well as their injury worries. See, I'm I'm inclined to also go with with Minnesota. That's my gut reaction. Like they've mm. they've until until they stumbled, um, uh, you know, the last two weeks. Uh, well, I mean, they're still two and one, but they, you know, they've they've looked really good. And I think it's just been like some kind of um, stumbling issues, maybe some you know um, some play calls that just haven't gone their mm. way. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to pick the Vikings as well there. Uh, Browns. Yeah. Although, like, don't don't count out the Saints because that defense is yeah, still for that, real. That, that's one that thing Saints I would say. Saints defenses. I mean, I guess if they just shut down Justin Jefferson and um, Thielen, um, you know, that that could be a um, yeah, that, that could be a shutout, right? Um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, Browns uh, two and one uh, taking on the Falcons one and two. Oh, this is your this is your bloodlusted. What's a berserk? This is team? yeah. This is my spicy meatball one. You know what? I'm going to go Atlanta. Yeah, like, I mean, part of me says, you know, Cleveland are still a good football team and Jacoby Brissett is playing well. They're probably a better team than Atlanta, but give me Atlanta. Give me my berserker this week. All right, I'm going to play it safe. I think the Browns, you know, they know how to run the football. They don't do anything kind of flashy. Their offensive line's really good. Um, They know how to run the football, and their passing game is serviceable. I'm um, going to actually pick the Browns. There we go. Yeah, you you went with your head there, and I just went with... I went, I went with my butthole because yeah, it just makes no sense, really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, two and one Bills at the two and uh, versus in, uh, in Baltimore. The Ravens are also two and one. Ooh, that's uh, probably game of the week, I would say. Um, I but right. yeah, uh, give me Buffalo in this one. I think they're 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 going to get players back. It's not going to be nearly as hot in Baltimore. Um, and when when the Bills get moving, they can be really tough to stop. I'm I'm also in agreement with you there. I think the Bills. Uh, I think last week was a. I mean, 
last this week last week was against the Dolphins, who are another really top team, and obviously the Ravens are really good. I think if the Bills' defense can kind of keep Lamar Jackson contained, um, especially on the ground, I think the Bills should be able to um, should be able to win this one. Uh, but yeah, it's going to yeah. be really close. It's going to be a it's going to be a high powered game. Um, uh, it's a, a regular it's a slobber knocker of the week slobber knocker of the week i like that uh is that is, it, is that the premier game is that what you call it um, i would say so well it's the one where like you know there's two high-powered uh, juggernauts coming up against one another yeah uh cowboys so. sorry cowboys uh uh playing at home uh two one cowboys versus the one and two commanders i don't think this should be too controversial uh, i'll go first give me dallas yeah i was gonna oh. say dallas as well <laughs> I, yeah, I just good. didn't want to beat around the bush too long. I think I think Dallas <laughs> are, are going to beat that one. But I mean, look, it's Carson just that's that defense really. I, I think really, so. Yeah. If Carson wins, plays like first two weeks. Carson wins. Maybe Carson wins. Maybe the. It's 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 possible. I think you can get that from Carson. I feel like we've had two good weeks. We're probably owed two bad weeks, and then there'll probably be another two good weeks. So we'll see. Uh, one and we'll two see. Seahawks uh, at Lions. Uh, Detroit. Yep. Okay. Give me Detroit. Both in that. Um, Hammer the Detroit. Yeah. Detroit. I'm liking Detroit. I picked them last week and it didn't pay off, but I'm going to pick them again. I reckon it's going to pick it off this week. Char- one mm. and two charges uh, playing in uh, Texans. That's uh, uh, what? Tennessee, right? Ch- uh, no. Uh, Houston. Uh, Houston. Houston. Houston, zero, Houston Texans. Zero two, two, zero two one. Yeah, Texans. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Justin Herbert could win this one with uh, one arm tying behind his back and even, both legs strapped to the side of his face. Even uh, needles so... coming out of his chest, do you reckon? <laughs> yeah, probably. Okay. Uh, yeah, g- g- give me the Chargers unless Herbert uh, is Ooh. injured, in which case stick it out okay, there. Okay, okay, so injury. Just, uh, just whatever. Don't like, don't, nah, don't bother with it. Just uh, say okay, Chargers. We're, going, we're both going Chargers because I'm, I'm the same boat as you. Titans, okay. Titans one and two facing the Colts one one one. This is this. I don't know. This feels do, like. Do, do you want to go first on this one? My gut, my gut says the Titans, but I this this feels like a real coin flip. Well, if you if you want to keep it interesting, because we've agreed too many times here, I'll take the Colts. Okay. All right. Yeah, I don't know. It really could go either way. <laughs> it really, really I reckon, could. I reckon. I don't know. I don't know. I think the Titans look like the big team, but it's hard to be sure. <sighs> Um, even though last week we were saying they're really one-dimensional, I was saying they're one-dimensional, the Colts just look really bad. Um, the yeah. two one Bears and the at the two one Giants. Mm, uh, so uh, I think whichever team wins this will end up being one of the, the worst three-in-one teams uh, for a little while. But um, yeah, I'm going to go Giants in this one. Just... Again, I feel like this is a real um, coin flip. I'll go, I'll go with the Bears then. I'll go with the Bears. Just oh, to boy. spice it up. I mean, the, Good man. Bears, the Bears got the upset um, this week. Uh, two and one Jags versus the Eagles, three and zero. Are you going to be spicy and pick the Jags? Oh man, I can't. You I can't? just like I want. I want to. I really, really do want to. But I, I just can't. Just I just can't. think that the Eagles are just too powerful right now. It would yeah. definitely be a, a nonsensical pick to go for the Jaguars. Agreed. So are you going to pick the Jags? Yeah, I'm nonsensical, <laughs> so I'm going to pick the Eagles. Uh, uh, good on you. I'm sorry to let you down, but yeah, I just uh, I can't bet against the Eagles. Uh, one and two Jets, uh, and the Steelers one and two. Ooh. I think you already know who uh, I'm picking. Yeah. Oh, man. I got, oh. I, I, I got, I got to go Pittsburgh as well. 
good, good boy, good boy. <laughs> um, and then the one and two Cardinals, Panthers, uh, Panthers one and two. Cardinals. I think uh, Kyler Murray goes off on one here. Cool. I'm I'm the same boat as well. The Panthers look bad. Patriots and and Packers. I've got the, I can't oh, remember. I can't bring that down right because I got the Packers at zero and three. That can't be right. Uh, no, that is incorrect. Uh, for they have one. Oh, I was looking. Sorry, games. I was looking at the stat line for the one below, which is two and one for the um. Sorry, they're two and uh, one. Yeah, the Raiders okay. are the Raiders are zero and three. Yeah, I mean, uh, Green Bay defense is too good, so they'll win. Uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm inclined to agree there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one. Uh, Broncos, your favorite versus the Raiders. Oh, it's hard to say favorite right now, but yeah. Um, They're both looking pretty average, aren't they? Yeah, I think uh, Broncos defense is going to be too tough for them. Um, and maybe this is the week that Russell Wilson gets it right in a in a dome. Um, just you know, like lower the variables uh, against a rival. Give me Denver. Okay, I I feel like the Raiders. They're not going to go zero and four, surely. I'm I'm going to pick the Raiders. I'm going to pick the Raiders, and then good on you for making it spicy. The two and one Chiefs uh, at Buccaneer. Um, sorry, not at Buccaneer. At Tampa Bay uh, versus the Bucks. Uh, two who are two and one. That's Casey. Yeah, Casey for me. Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. I think the Buccaneers' defense is good, but the um, offense is, is too the, the offense is still crippled. Yeah, yeah, Mike Evans will be back in. Uh, and I actually think Mike Evans could have a pretty good game in this one here, but I think that Casey's the better all-round team. Yep, agreed. I will also pick the Chiefs, and then finally the Tuesday, the Tuesday game. Um, Tuesday. Yeah. Choose Tuesday our time anyway. Sounds, but it's, it's the it's Monday night oh, football. Right. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Monday night football. Yeah, sorry. Why did they have Thursday? Oh, yeah, no, I got this right. is Tuesday Thursday our football. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Monday, <laughs> Monday, uh, Monday night football. Uh, Rams are two and one versus the 49ers are one and two. Uh, I'll go first. I'll pick the Rams because uh, the 49ers look really bad. Yeah. Oh, man. Come on, you just do no, it. Just no, do it. you know what? I'm, I'm going to do it. No, you're not going to nope. pick the 49 I'm going no, no, to no, 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 pick no. the 49ers. I'm picking no, the 49ers. You're not going to pick the 49ers. Okay. Yep, I am because they always find a way to beat the Los Angeles Rams. It's uh, been a crazy record of late. Um, uh, like Even if it's got Jimmy G in the backfield there, I'm just going to say that it's going to continue happening. All right, all right. That's, I don't believe it, but that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> that, that's all the picks um, for the week. Oh, man. They're locked okay, in. well, um, I'm looking forward to seeing how we do this week. Um, hopefully, I can keep my 50% thing you don't want to improve uh, in the positive. I reckon you've got to at least get, I don't know, uh, at least aim for 9, nine out of 16, I reckon. That's, that's the aim. That's the aim. But um, yeah, it, there's a couple of really close ones in this one. There's people who are missing players, and oh man, yeah, it's just uh, it's always tough, man. The NFL is just such a a, a beautiful animal about how predict how unpredictable it can be. And that's why we love it. Indeed, it is. Indeed, it is. Uh, and you know what? We've we've gone and done it again. We, we we said we'd try and keep it tight, and we've managed to make it. Uh, I think five minutes less than we did last time. Right, look at but that. of course, and it's we because we we, we brought content. in a whole new element. We so. squeezed in more content. 
yeah, we got a whole new element. Rather than just sticking on what happened last week, we managed to get these these little picks in there. So a nice little game for us to be playing. Uh, of, of course, listeners, play along at home if you would like. Get, join in. Uh, I'm sure Eric would be happy to keep track of everyone's scores. Uh, just kidding. Maybe maybe do it for yourselves. And don't don't email us. Don't at Eric. It's, he's not going to do anything. I don't have Twitter, um, so can't at me. Why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Likewise, screw Twitter. It's, it's just poisonous. Anyway, Eric, uh, thanks again for this week, man. Uh, that was a good one. And um, yep, I guess we can just look forward to to the games this week. Kicking off with uh, Thursday night football, Miami and Cincinnati. Should be a good one, man. Yeah, no, it's going to be hot game. Awesome, cool, cool. Anything else you'd like to to say before we go? No. No, I can't think of anything else. Um, just, uh, yeah, I know. Uh, always just inco- uh, intrigued to see what next week's going to bring uh, in, Absolutely. In, in the NFL. So it's, a, As it's ever. an exciting season so far. Always exciting. And it just seems to have uh, some extra verve at the moment, doesn't it? Anyway, thanks very much again, mate. And thank you very much to everyone else for listening. We will catch you next time. In the meantime, enjoy week four of the NFL. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye.